Hey, hey, welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode 83. This is Rich Stitzel, and I'm here to help you go deeper with your practice, your thinking, and your approach to music so you can express yourself more freely, efficiently, and effectively. Let's get started. Hello, welcome, and thanks so much for tuning in. If you're new to Drum Mantra and you want to check out some exercises and philosophy of Drum Mantra, I invite you to check out the free masterclass, Five Exercises Guaranteed to Make You a Better Drummer. You can find that at drummantra.com. All you have to do is just go there and click that you want to watch the masterclass, and it will be there available for you to check out. So I invite you to check that out. There's some great exercises in there that will help your time, your reading, your phrasing, your coordination, your polymetric awareness, and your groove. Those are the six pillars of Drum Mantra, and all the exercises kind of embody combinations of all of those qualities. Time, reading, coordination, polymetric awareness, phrasing, and groove. Today, I'd like to do a replay of a video that I put out on YouTube a week ago, which was highlighting a fill that the great Dan Weiss performed. He did a fill on Instagram that just really captured my attention, so I thought, you know, I'm going to do something with this. And in drum mantra fashion, I created a series of exercises that helped develop the ability to play a fill like this, but not just to play it, but to really truly understand what's going on with it. So you may have seen this video on YouTube already, but a lot of people like to listen to the podcast in a car or while they're on their commute. So I thought I would go ahead and put it in here so you could just check it out while you are not able to look at something, you're just able to listen so enjoy, and I will see you at the end. Hey, Rich Stitzel here from Drum Mantra. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, I want to look at a drum fill that was performed by a buddy of mine, Dan Weiss. Check out the fill. It's quite a fill. It's intricate. There's some great things happening in it. And if you're not used to certain rhythms, this might sound almost chaotic. But there is method to the madness, and I'm going to break it down for you today. Real quick, I just wanted to let you know that this fill of Dan's will be part of his upcoming online course and book. I was just so inspired by the performance that I was moved to create this lesson, and I can't wait to check out Dan's presentation on this material. I'm grateful to Dan for granting me permission to express my educational style with this content. Um, all of the exercises you will experience today are based on the drum mantra approach to learning. I hope you enjoy. What I want to do is take a look at this fill, and then I'm going to give you a series of exercises that you can work on to help you to develop the ability to eventually play this fill yourself. So let's get started. 12 Steps to a Dan Weiss Fill. So the first thing we need to do is isolate what is going on with the hands. The easiest way to do this is to look at the symbols. So we know that there's a constant stream of some kind of subdivision going on between the snare drum and the floor tom. And then the symbols are kicking out some kind of rhythm. So let's figure out what that rhythm is real quick. 
If you pay attention to just the left hand, you'll see that the left hand is playing the left ride cymbal every fourth note. So it's playing the ride and then it's filling in on the snare drum three more notes. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So let's just know that that is a four note grouping. And then let's take a look at the right hand. The right hand is playing the right side ride cymbal and the floor tom. If we look closely, you see that the right hand is playing the ride cymbal and then four floor tom hits, which is a grouping of five notes. One, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. So we know that the left hand is playing groupings of four notes and the right hand is playing groupings of five notes. Now that we know that, we can start to work on an exercise. Okay, so the first exercise that we're going to look at today is the five to four polymetric relationship. It is simply groupings of four notes with groupings of five notes. Now I've taken out all the subdivisions, all the all the inside notes, and we're just going to think of the rhythm that is happening on the cymbals, okay? That rhythm is a five to four polymetric relationship. The subdivision is the same, and we haven't even established the subdivision yet. We're not going to talk about that yet even. We're just going to look at the main notes that create the rhythm, a five to four polymetric relationship, four note grouping, five note grouping. We haven't even talked about the subdivisions that are happening in the fill that Dan played yet, and we don't need to at this point. What we're going to do is just go with a universal 16th note concept of subdivision. So a four note grouping in the left hand and a five note grouping in the right hand. Four 16th notes in the left hand, five 16th notes in the right hand. We're going to take out all of those extra subdivisions and just look at the rhythm that the right hand and the left hand are playing. The rhythm looks like this. One, two E, three and four, a five. One, two E, three and four, a five. Both left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Both left, right, left, right, left, right, left. That rhythm is called a four to five polymetric relationship. It's polymetric because it shares the same subdivision and it resolves in one measure of time. Now, of course, the measure of time is 5-4, so it's a measure of 5-4 time, and the polymetric relationship resolves every measure. If we were to do this in 4-4 time, it would take five measures for this pattern to resolve. So for simplicity's sake, let's keep it in 5-4 just to get the feel of the pattern happening with our hands. Let's play this pattern eight times, and we're just going to voice the left hand on the snare drum and the right hand on the floor tom. Okay, here we go. Okay, hopefully you've worked on that five to four polymetric relationship enough to have it really comfortable.
The next step is we're going to add the subdivisions back into the pattern, but we're going to isolate each hand individually. Now in the beginning I said we haven't established what subdivision Dan was using in the fill. He was using eighth note triplets, but we are going to stick with sixteenth notes for the time being just because it's a little easier to understand this polymetric relationship with a 16th subdivision field rather than an eighth note triplet field in the beginning, okay? So let's go back to 16th notes. We know that the left hand is playing four note groupings and accenting the first of each four note grouping. So let's just play eight measures in four four time of left hand playing straight 16th notes, accenting the downbeat of each beat. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. Now clearly you can see that this could be an endurance exercise as well. If eight measures of 16th notes with the left hand was tricky, then you know you have some work to do. You might want to play 32 measures over and over again. Try to work your hand up so it can play without getting tired for an extended amount of time. Okay, let's move over to the right hand now. As you will recall, the right hand is playing five note groupings. So we're going to put the exercise back into five four time for cleanness sake, and we're going to play eight measures of 5-4 time, accenting every 5th 16th note, all with the right hand on the floor tom. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. Hopefully you've done that enough so it's comfortable. Again, it's an endurance thing. Can you do it for a long time? Eight measures is the minimum. So make sure you can do it for 32 bars at least, but maybe longer than that. Maybe a minute or two minutes. Okay, great. Now let's move back to the left hand doing the same exercise, except we're going to move the accent out to the symbol. So now you get a little feel for what it's like to move your hand away for the accent instead of just lifting the stick higher for the accent you're actually going to be moving the stick to a different instrument the cymbal so we're back in four four time we're going to play eight measures of this just to get your hand used to it here we go
Okay, great. Let's move back over to the right hand and do the same thing. We're in 5-4 time again. The right hand is going to play every 5th, 16th note, and we're moving the accents out to the ride cymbal. Okay? Eight measures. Here we go. Okay, now that you have those exercises comfortable with your hands, we need to address the concept of subdivision. So far, we've been playing everything as 16th notes, but we know Dan's fill was 8th note triplets. There are two directions we can go to start developing the concept of 8th note triplet or 3 note groupings. We can either take the exercises we've been working on, move them into an 8th note triplet subdivision, and start figuring out where those accents fall on the triplet subdivision field, or we can stay in 16ths for a little longer and imply a three note grouping by playing a dotted eighth note on some instrument. I would like to stay in the 16th note field and play a dotted eighth note with the left foot because when we're playing eighth note triplets and playing two and four on the hi-hat, the left foot is used to playing some form of three note groupings. So let's stay in the 16th note field, which is a little easier to comprehend this pattern with the hands and just work that dotted eighth note in with the left foot. This is a coordination challenge. So if you've never done accent patterns and included dotted eighth notes with a different limb, this might take a little time. But what we're gonna do is go back to that left hand, accenting on the right cymbal every fourth, sixteenth note, and the left foot will be playing dotted eighth notes while that happens. So we're gonna go back to the pattern of the left hand on the ride cymbal every fourth, sixteenth note, and filling in the other 16th notes on the snare drum, and adding a left foot playing dotted eighth notes. Because we're in 4-4 four, four time, it's going to take three measures for the left foot to cycle through and come back to the downbeat. So let's play this three measure long phrase four times in a row. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. Hopefully you've done that enough to have it comfortable. It could take some time because that is a pretty complex coordination thing that we're working on there. Once we have that, we're going to go up another level of coordination and go to the right hand and do the same thing. Except, remember, the right hand is in 5-4 time because we're playing every 5th, 16th note. So the dotted eighth note now takes three measures of 5-4 to resolve back to the downbeat. So it's the same concept, except we're in a different time signature. 
So five four time, every fifth sixteenth note on the ride cymbal filling in the other sixteenths on the floor tom, dotted eighth notes with the left foot. It's a three measure long phrase, and we're gonna play that three measure long phrase four times in a row. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. Hopefully you've done that one enough to work it up to be comfortable. And just to let you know, that is a three to five polymetric relationship. That's a pretty complex uh, coordination exercise. So congratulations if you worked your way up to being able to do that. Let's go back to the hands now and combine the left hand and the right hand. So the 16th notes will be happening on the left hand on the snare drum, right hand on the floor tom. The accents are the, on the ride cymbals. We're playing every 4th 16th note on the left hand and every 5th 16th note on the right hand. Let's make this a 5-4 measure just for simplicity's sake, just to get the pattern in our head. And we're going to play this pattern 8 times in a row. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. Now it's time to add the dotted eighth note into that two-handed pattern. We're going to keep it in 5-4 time for simplicity's sake, because if we were in 5-4 time, it would actually take 15 measures for it to resolve. So if we're in 5-4 time, it only takes three measures to resolve with this dotted eighth note. Okay, so we're going to play the three-measure phrase four times in a row, both hands and the left foot. All right? Good luck. Here we go. Okay, great. 
Now, when you become very comfortable at the exercise that we just did, you can start to let your mind go back and forth between a 16th note subdivision with left foot playing dotted eighths and an eighth note triplet subdivision with your left foot playing quarter notes. Okay, so if you haven't gotten to that point with the exercise that that is possible in your mind, go back and play that exercise more. And it's much easier to get the exercise in your head and out of the page. The music is just there to help you, to guide you, to show you exactly how things are placed. But eventually, once you can get out of the page and just the exercise being in your mind, then you can start to control what perspective you're hearing this from. Because when we introduce a dotted eighth note, we introduce rhythmic perspective. You can either be a dotted eighth note and be in a sixteenth note subdivision, or you could be a quarter note and an eighth note triplet subdivision. They're interchangeable. So play this pattern until you can start to sense both subdivisions comfortably. This could take some time. It could take a lot of time. This is not a this is not a one and done kind of exercise. This is a very intricate and complex exercise. But doing the work now will allow you to jump into the eighth note triplet subdivision much easier, which is what we're going to do now. Okay, so let's think of this exercise as eighth note triplets now. We're going to remove the hi-hat and we're just going to play the cymbals and the snare and the tom. So just the two hand parts only. But we're thinking of them as eighth note triplets. It's a five measure long phrase because we're still doing a four to five relationship. Even though we're in eighth note triplets, it still takes five measures for this to resolve. Okay, so let's just get the hands happening and get our mind thinking eighth note triplets now. And let's play this pattern two times through. So it's a five measure long phrase. We're going to play it through twice. Okay, just as an example, you can play it much more and you should play it much more until it becomes comfortable. All right, here we go. Okay, great. We're very close to having this happening. The next step is we're going to do the same thing with the hands, but we're simply going to play a quarter note with the foot, just downbeats the whole time with the foot as we play eighth note triplets with the pattern in the hands. Just keeping time with the foot, all quarter notes. Let's play this five measure long phrase again two times through, just for the sake of this video. Of course, you should be working on this until it's very comfortable. All right, here we go.
Excellent. And the final step in developing the ability to play this Dan Weiss fill is to just play the hi-hat on two and four. Now, it might seem like it's simple to just remove one and three from the left foot and you've got it, but you might find that there's a little bit of challenge coordination-wise in only playing beats two and four. There's a lot more space. There's a lot more time for your foot to not do anything. So this could be a challenge for you. But let's do this exercise. Same thing. It's a five-measure-long phrase. Two and four on the hi-hat. We'll go two times through the whole phrase, and then I'll see you in a minute. Okay, here we go. Okay, great. We are very close to being able to play this fill now. We haven't done it up to tempo, and we haven't introduced the comping that's happening before the fill takes place. Now we know that the fill is a five measure long phrase. And if we're thinking in eight measure long phrases that most jazz drumming happens in, then we need to figure out what is Dan doing in the first three measures before he starts the fill. We can see that there's a comping figure happening, some ride cymbal, and some snare drum happening. Now he tricks us by starting the video on beat three of the measure before the eight measure phrase begins. So it could throw us off by two beats. So what's happening is three, four, and then the eight bar phrase begins. There's three measures of time, and then the five measure phrase, and a big crash at the end. Let's listen to Dan do that again while we look at the transcription. Okay, great. So the next and final step is to start playing this at a slow tempo and working it up to speed. I'm going to demonstrate at the slow tempo two times through the entire phrase. The first time through, I will play exactly what Dan played. And then the second time through, I'll do my own comping style for three bars and then play his fill again for the final five bars of that second phrase. All right, enjoy. So here's the deal. When you're scrolling social media and you're checking out all kinds of drummers and then you don't do anything about it, 
it's not going to make you a better player. In fact, it might send you into depression because you realize that your playing isn't matching the playing that you're seeing your peers doing. So when you find something that intrigues you and inspires you, take that little piece of information and go work on it. Learn how to do it yourself. It will totally change the way you think and play to get into someone else's head for a minute. It doesn't take long, and it's a great exercise. We're in such an amazing time right now. You can literally, at your fingertips, see any drummer in the world play something that will motivate and inspire you. So take it a step further and learn what they're doing. And then when you post something, someone else might take what you're doing and it will inspire them to work harder. We're all in this together, one big drum community. Great to be a part of it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And I look forward to working with you again soon. Take care. All right, there you have it. A breakdown of a very complex concept. Hopefully the exercises that lead up to the concept make it a little more clear what is going on. Understanding polymeters and polymetric relationships is definitely the future. And if you want to know more about that, I encourage you to check out either the free masterclass at drummantra.com or the Drum Mantra books. You can find those on Amazon. They're called the Foundational Series and the Primary Series. Also, if you want to do some real-life practice with me and other members of the Drum Mantra community, you can go to drummantra.com slash live dash practice dash sessions make sure that's true oh it's live dash practice dash session no s at the end live practice session uh, dash between each word and that will give you the schedule of our weekly practice right now we are doing saturday mornings at 11:30 a.m central standard time we get together for one hour and i curate a a collection of exercises from the drum mantra canon and we go through them as a group it's a lot of fun would love to have you um, the level is intermediate to advanced and i can always modify an exercise to make it easier or much more challenging if you need to go in one of those directions thank you so much for your support if you're checking out this podcast i would love for you to leave a rating or a review share it with people who you think might dig it as well if you're checking out the YouTube channel, please subscribe. Feel free to comment. I'm always up for interaction on any social media platform. And if you have any questions that you want to know about the books or the Drum Mantra program in general, you can always find me at drummantra at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at drummantra and also on Facebook at drummantra. Again, this is Rich Stitzel. I really appreciate it and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.